0: Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by the Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Welcome fellow riders, this is your host, Rusty James. It is September 3rd, 2015, and this is The Ride. Welcome one, welcome all... It is Thursday morning, and I'm raring to get at it. Well, last night I was talking with my daughter. She's in the middle of writing a, or I guess, outlining a book she wants to write. And she's encountering writer's block. And so we spent some time... Oh, writer's block is a pain in the tail. So we spent some time being encouraged, trying to look at things in a different way. I don't know if any of you are writers, but you can imagine if you if you're trying to get something down on paper and and it just the ideas aren't there it can be super frustrating and so my word my words of wisdom to my daughter were to be an observer observer of anything and everything in the course of your day I think that's what you need to do when you're writing or when you're trying to convey a message you need to be an observer you need to look at things that might be glossed over I used to think growing up that I had some kind of uh, (laughs) some weird thing wrong with me I guess I, I quickly learned that it probably wasn't something wrong with me but I thought it was somewhat unique that I would pick out and notice things that most people wouldn't pick out and notice now that I'm older I realize that I'm not doing anything different than what anyone else would do here's, an, here's a for example I, we might have been on a day trip somewhere and I would look out the window and I would pay attention to some tree out in the middle of a cornfield or something and I would look at it intently as it went by my vision and I would notice things about it and I'd make little mental notes about it and I would understand that I was the only one doing that and I thought well why isn't anybody else doing that it's important to look at that. And of course, everybody else in the car is doing their own thing, or they're looking at other things, or they might be paying attention to some bird that's in the air. And then I realized that I wasn't doing anything special. I was just doing something different, because they were paying attention to the bird, which didn't hold my attention. And so they're noticing that. So my encouragement to my daughter was, hey, you need to, you know, as you go through your day, you need to be noticing things, you need to be an observer and think about how you would describe whatever you see, anything. I mean, it can be anything. And that's why I'm talking to you today because you're looking at life and you're looking at the bird. And I'm looking at life and I'm looking at the tree. And the bird isn't any more or any less important than the tree. But they're still part of our world, part of our experience. and. My job, apparently, is to tell you more about the tree. Because that's what I'm observing. And your job would be to tell somebody else about the bird. What are the tree and what are the bird? Well, they're just different perspectives of... Parts of the world, parts of your experience, one of them is not any more important than the other. I just happen to be coming to you today to talk about what is interesting me on my ride. And as you know, most of the time it has to do with our Lord. And how we see our Lord Jesus Christ. And how he sees us. So just like I have a different perspective on the, the tree, and the, and you have a different perspective on the bird, and somebody else might have a different perspective on that butterfly that's sitting on that leaf of a corn plant, We all are getting different things from our Lord, different perspectives. And then Acts, I was listening to how Paul and Barnabas and the rest of those apostle types, how they would go into different areas and they would speak to the the townsfolk, and they'd go to the place of teaching or they'd go into the synagogue and they would talk and give their perspective on the tree. Because they'll go into a town and and the town would only know the perspective about the bird. They had no idea that in this case, that there was even a tree out there. And they would would describe to them the Messiah and Jesus Christ and how he had risen from the dead. And they'd go into these places where not everybody would receive it. Not everybody wanted to believe that that tree, that perspective, was reality. They were content with their view of the bird. And there would be many that would say, come back next Sabbath and tell us more. And then there would be some that say, we don't want anything to do with that. That's blasphemy. That goes against the knowledge of our bird. So I'm talking about the perspective that I'm getting from the Word of God. And my challenge has always been to fellow riders, to search the scripture. That's why I don't really have a lot of references. I mean, I could. I could write all this stuff down, but I flow freer if I just kind of remember the stories and it's easier for me to drive. And I also think I'm relying on the Holy Spirit a little bit more when I do it this way. But an added benefit to this method is it causes you to have to go and search out what I'm talking about. And that's kind of, I guess, God's point, because I didn't intend for it to be that way, but I kind of realized it the other day that, oh yeah, this is kind of cool. You have to go out and find out what I'm talking about. Some of you are out there and when I don't know the full story or forget a name or something, you go figure out if I'm telling you the truth or not. It's been remarkable when I've gone and tried to double check my information and most of the time I find that I did remember it right. Like yesterday... Now, I might have the pronunciation a little wrong, but Ananias was the person who the Lord spoke to to uh, go and pray for Paul to regain his sight. I was confused because there's another story that I had been reading about Ananias and Sapphira... See, there you go. See, you have to look to see if I got that right. The couple who had sold a field and lied to the church and said that, you know, this is the amount and then paid a pretty heavy penalty for lying. Anyway, the point is, this is a great way to encourage you to get into scripture yourself. Because we're fellow writers. I just happen to be the one that has a microphone posting these things up online, but we're we're in this thing together. So when Paul and the rest were preaching in different places, there would be some to readily receive their perspective, their understanding of what the truth was, and then there would be those who wouldn't. And can I tell you today that the tree, the view of the tree that I'm talking to you about, isn't the full picture. And the view that you have of the bird, your perspective of life and how it's supposed to be, that's not the full picture either. And somebody else's perspective, whether they be a preacher or your friend or your intellectual, high school, you know, longtime buddy who is very. Uh, much a humanist for example his view isn't the full deal either he might be the one with the butterfly in his sights the point I'm trying to make is there is the truth and we're all kind of wanting to find the truth, I think we are I think, I think that's what we're trying to do I know that's what I'm trying to do. How depressing it would be if, if we knew that we we're going through our life seeking out that which is untrue. I don't think many people want to do that. I think by default that's what happens though. If you don't know truth then what are you going to do? You're just going to roll the dice and hope that whatever way you live whatever vantage you've got whatever thing you're focusing on you're going to roll the dice and trust that that's that's the way to go. Good luck because you're going to need a lot of it to to find truth, because I believe there is one truth. But if you wanna if you wanna roll the dice, I understand that uh, you might be coming at it from a different perspective. You might your your perspective might be saying. Well, there is not one truth. There's multiple truths. In fact, there's as many truths as there are people. Because whatever a person wants to think about, that is their truth for them. You could say that about me. You could say Rusty James believes his truth and it's a certain way. It's the way that he's talking about it. And then I've got my own truth, and I've got my own truth, and I've got my own truth. Well, the Apostle Paul made it clear, at the end of his days, I think it was before he was headed off to Rome for his imprisonment, which he didn't know about yet, but before then, he kind of knew that he was going to be seeing this group of believers for the last time, and he told them I have told you and told you everything that I needed to and I and I'm not going to see you again and to that they were sad but he said your your blood is no longer or it's not on my hands I've told you everything so he Paul understood that there was a responsibility that he had kind of in the spirit for passing on the truth, as he knew the truth to those believers. And he says, I've told you what you need to know. So now you have to take it and run with it. But the default of this day and age, and really it's not really this day and age because it's really been the day and age whenever you want to look at it back in time, The default behavior is that there really is not a truth. That's the lie the enemy perpetrates, is that there is not really a truth. It's a whole lot easier to live your life just aligning with what you believe. You make it any way you want it. It's easier that way. It takes a lot of stress off. But if you could get the 10,000 foot view of the, of the life of people who are living that way, you see that the paths that they're on are all in disarray. They don't go anywhere. There's not a direction. They're kind of like a ship, tossed on the ocean and they go wherever the wind blows. That's one of the things Paul had said, is that uh, to one group, I forget where it was, maybe in Corinth, that you enjoy just talking about whatever the, the, the whims of doctrine are that day. And they were wanting to know about his doctrine, the, the gospel. But I think they were partially wanting to know just so they could add it to their intellect and not have it be birthed in their heart. So when we look at the Word of God, are we looking at it like an intellectual pursuit? I'm seeking truth, and I know the truth shall set me free. And if I quote these scriptures, I shall have the answer. Well, I don't want to have the answer, really. I mean, I do. But that's not the ultimate. I want to know the answer. And knowing the answer is knowing the person of God, the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. All three, one. When you do that, you're no longer looking at the bird or the butterfly or the tree. Hopefully, you're starting to see the bigger picture. You see, God isn't some object that's kind of there to be observed and looked at. He's bigger than that. Just like he's not trapped in a moment in time because he's outside of time, he's not trapped as a object in your view. He is what makes you able to have a view in the first place. He's, he's everything you see, he's in it. I don't want that to sound new agey and if you know what I'm talking about. he is. He is not some object on your radar. He is everything that could ever be picked up on radar. You understand what I'm saying? My vantage point to see the Lord and to see what he's doing in the world today is simply just that. It's just my vantage point. But he is so much bigger than that. And because I can say that, that kind of requires me to be able or it requires me to acknowledge this fact. That how you see God, you might be seeing Him in a vantage that I hadn't considered. Obviously, the Word of God is kind of our blueprint as to how we to view Him. So I can tell if someone's vantage point is contrary to Scripture, I can be suspicious of that and be cautious of that and even warn against that, so that that opinion isn't propagated. But I I get the sense more and more that as time continues to crawl ahead, that our understanding of God, which I think we can admit is not full, it's not 100%, there will be some kind of a broadening of what our understanding is of him in the days ahead. A broadening meaning, I I believe that we're coming into a time where just like when Paul was speaking to the church and opening their understanding to what really went on with Jesus and the Messiah because that was his first coming there will be a time in preparation before his second coming and there will be ideas about him that might fly contrary to our established understanding of who he is Now the Bible says that there will be false teachers in the last days, so we have to be aware. And we have to line things up to Scripture. I guess that's the only blueprint we have. But I want us to be open to ideas that go against traditional ideas but are still in alignment with Scripture. Wow. Wow, wow. I just am behind a semi who locked up his brakes. And it stinks. Whew. That's a big pile of blue smoke I just drove through. Some of you might be going through life looking at that perspective you have and never considered the perspective that I'm putting out there which is that that the Lord God is relevant in your life today. And I'd like to encourage you that if you've never considered that just like that truck I want to challenge you to put the brakes on a moment don't worry about the smell of locking up your brakes ultimately it's the safe thing to do I watched this truck just now lock him up on his trailer and uh it caused him to be able to stop before careening through an intersection and causing potential damage to himself and others. So maybe, just maybe, we all ought to think about that object, our vantage object that we're seeing and be willing to put on the brakes in the event that that isn't the direction we ought to be going. What's the worst thing that can happen? So you so you stop and reevaluate. I mean, you got to do that when you're driving to a destination, right? If you get off tangent a little bit, And you got your GPS giving you information. It's okay for it to say recomputing. It's okay for it to recomputing. It's okay for recomputing. It's okay for it to tell you that. I tell my daughter who's learning how to drive don't worry if you're worried about where you're headed or doing the wrong thing you can pull over and stop you really can most of the time there's a spot where you could pull over and stop and kind of reevaluate what is it what it is you're trying to do because the worst thing you could do is keep on driving in the wrong way, or in the wrong manner, or in the haphazard way that you're going, you could be inflicting damage and pain and suffering all around you. And if you're not sure that the object that you're seeking is really the right thing you should be seeking, a really good thing to do is pull over and reevaluate. It's okay to do that. We all need to do that. No matter where you're at in your walk with Christ. Because we don't all have the full answer, and you know what I mean by that. I know we have the Lord God Almighty who is the answer. But what I'm saying is how we see him isn't in its full in its full glory. If you will, and so we might miss it sometimes, and it's okay to pull over and and reevaluate where it is we're trying to go. Some people are so worried about that recomputing thing that they they get so down on themselves because they have to stop and pull over, and they have this recomputing rerouting business that they think that somehow if they have to go through that that they're just terrible people I want you to to know that that's okay that it's better that you pull over and let some recomputing happen in your life than to just bust through areas and cause some issues. You don't want to go through life seeking that wrong thing or viewing even the right thing but from the wrong vantage. Recomputing. So no matter, no matter where you're at today, I'd like to encourage us all and I'm just about ready to pull over. I want to encourage us all to do a recomputing stop. You pull over, you ask the Lord to give you a clearer understanding of where it is you're headed. Because He's got the 10,000 foot view, He can see where people are headed. And if He can somehow give you a glimpse of that today, And see where you're maybe off a degree or two or 10 degrees. Or maybe like Saul, you were 180 degrees off. He can show you that stuff. I thank you for your word, Lord, that you direct our steps when we ask you to give us wisdom. I pray, Lord, for everyone hearing this right now that we could come into agreement that your word is the truth and that we need your wisdom to help us understand that truth and rightly divide it and help it sink into our hearts into new ways full of hope and grace for the ones around us. We thank you, Lord, that we can come before your throne and be bold and ask for your help in this way. We praise you. We want to bring all glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, fellow writers, I think that's going to be it for today. Remember also to stay in the word and to seek peace and to pray for those who persecute you. That includes ISIS. And love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I will see you on the flip.